Will It Game, the podcast about creating crappy board games from one board family. I'm your host, Ryan Gatowski, joined as always by... Rick White. And Ryan, I've been listening to a lot of Yacht Rock recently. Um, Mm. And so I think in honor of that, I'm going to use my Michael McDonald voice today during the podcast. Is that okay? I would love that. Uh, Do you also have boat shoes? Uh, That is is the style of shoe that I find the most disgusting. Wearing those with gym shorts. So now we're going to pitch some more games. All right, continue. Oh, I think we found a new intro. I don't need to be on this thing anymore. All right. Welcome to Winnipeg. That's really good. We need to do some recording after this, bud. We sure. really do. So I feel I feel like you're finally inspired to do something good. Yeah, you're um, welcome. So we have a guest judge, Lizzie Funkhauser. How are you doing, Lizzie? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Good. We are doing great. We are excited to uh, pitch some crappy board games to you. But why don't you tell our, our listeners uh, where they might know you from? Because you're pretty famous on Facebook. Well, thank you. Um, well, you would find us on Facebook. Me and my husband run the Board Game Spotlight. We are also on Instagram, TikTok, uh, YouTube, Twitch. I think we have a Discord. So basically any social media, Board Game Spotlight. Yeah. And you guys have recently started doing Table for Two, which is uh, two-player uh, live streams uh, for people to check out during the course of the week. Yes, so we've been doing that on YouTube. Derek was gone for a year, so we're just playing all the games that we missed, all the new games that we're getting, and some of our old favorites that we want people to remember. Nice. How how giant of a stack of a backlog do you all have? Is it just like one room and you open the door and just kind of grab uh, any game that's near the door? Well, we have a Calyx devoted to all the games that we need to review, but uh, we also have tons of games in our regular collection that have post-it notes on it, so we have a lot. Yeah, yeah. I I can tell that's going to be a deep well. Oh, definitely, definitely. Lizzie, before we continue, I do have an important question. Um, On a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate my Michael McDonald impression? I don't know who he is, so. Oh, oh no. Ryan, bring the Doobie Brothers up oh, right now. This is good. We're just going to listen to them the rest of the podcast. This is really good. Okay, yeah. if you say he's a Doobie Brother, I know who the Doobie Brothers are. There we Does go. Does that yeah. help? Yeah, the, I mean, okay. the only way I can describe him is, he's the one that sounds like this. That's like really the only way I think in, I can describe him. Other than that, yeah, he's like yeah. just some guy. You know, yeah. Okay, so but, context, oh well. I, I, I recognize the Doobie Brothers. Uh, my dad and my brother listen to like them, so I'm not big on them, but I, I recognize them. Okay. He also has really nice, uh, like, whitish silver hair. Yeah, yeah, okay. that is so, true. And a beard, and a beard. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, Michael McDonald... Do yourself a favor and everybody go find some Michael McDonald jams yes, uh, to listen to after the show. Yeah. Uh, so or now, Lizzie, you know, whatever. Whatever, Rick. That, is that what you're doing right now? Listening to yeah. Michael McDonald in your headphones? Believes. All right, go ahead. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Lizzie, you pick the theme of history for us to pitch games uh, to. Rick, would you like to go first or do you want me to go first? Um, how about you go first this time? You know, I'm trying okay. to find whatever can help me win. And um, maybe yeah. you going first helps me win. Whatever formula. Yeah. 
So yeah, probably. All not right, happen. my name, uh, my my game is called the History of Lore. Now, a couple of years ago, I started listening to this podcast called Lore. Um, I'm a big fan of mystery and like just crazy tales and Halloween and all that stuff. So it's kind of like a campfire. It's it's run by this guy named Aaron Mankey, and he tells these like campfire type stories that have crazy twists and stuff like that. Um, But they're historical because these are all reports of people, uh, whether it was in America or England, Ireland, wherever. Uh, These are some really cool stories. So the history of lore board game, uh, you'll basically purchase a core set that comes with four different tales. These different tales will cover topics like Springheel Jack, who was a monstrous man who terrorized London in the mid-1800s. Um, then you have The Jersey Devil, which is a tale that started back in the 60s in New Jersey. One of the tales is about Robert, which is a doll that some have said is alive and was originally owned by a painter in Florida. You'll even dig into ghost stories that take place in Maine. The game is this expanding universe that players can actually add on to by buying different modules and expansions. Each module in the game will be story-based and work a lot like a hybrid between the Unlocked series and Sherlock Holmes' Consulting Detective. Players will dig into eyewitness accounts and local hearsay and try to solve some of the mysteries that are in each of the modules. Now, some modules can be played two or three times, depending on how much evidence for that specific one, like Spring Hill Jack, that because there are so many eyewitness accounts, you may be able to play that one two or three times without it getting repetitive. But then other ones that have less of a story, you may only be able to play once. Each of these modules are grounded in, grounded in historical things that actually happened and reports that that seem almost out of this world. You can purchase expansion packs that are sold in sets of two and will cover loads and loads of topics. I think that the Lore Podcast has over 160 episodes or so now, so obviously content would be pulled from that podcast and the research that's gone into that and things like that to create the History of Lore, the board game. Okay, sounds sounds interesting. Uh, what's the player count on it? I would say no more than four. Uh, you can play solo, similar to a lot of these um, detective-type, uh, escape room-type games, where you're going to be able to play uh, basically to get a specific score. But I would say less four or less, just because mm-hmm. you are going to have physical pieces. So kind of like consulting detective, where you're you don't want to have to pass around the thing to six, seven people. You're going to be dealing with cards, so you know obviously uh, you you wouldn't want to have to pass everything around all the time. So okay, so is there actually a, like a conclusion to these stories? Are they really solvable, or is it more just like a generic? We think this might have happened, or we're making this yeah. up. So the majority of them will be solvable based on the historical information that's there. So um, obviously some of these things like the Jersey Devil is a weird tale because uh, there were reports of the Jersey Devil just as I think that date back to like the late 90s, which is very interesting that this this creature that people have seen on the highway from the 60s all the way through the late 90s, nobody knows exactly what it is. But you'll be able to solve it to the best of your ability. Um, but other things will be solvable because there's actual proof of like, hey, we we know this was the person behind it. 
Okay. Mm. Cool, a game cool. without a conclusion sounds awful. Yeah. But it's it's intriguing because it's telling yeah, a story sure, and there's there's things sure. that you can go back to and say, oh, that actually happened at this point in time. So Okay, Rick, I'm excited to hear about yours. Um, well, I would temper that, but that's okay. Uh, no, um, <laughs> first off, I want to um, call out Ryan for his cash grab board game and trying to build something with a bunch of modules. What a horrible person. But um, uh, uh, anyway. Didn't we just talk about this where you were trying to grab cash a couple episodes? No, Come I on. wasn't trying to grab cash and you got mad at me for not doing it. <laughs> oh, that's it. right. I did get mad at yeah. you for that. So um, one thing I haven't shared much with the podcasting audience, a.k.a. Ryan's mom, is that I'm a big nerd when it comes to presidents. Um, I learned the presidents in order when I was five years old, and I had a deck of presidential info cards that I carried with me everywhere, including uh, garbage bags where I got put after I got beat up. But before, (laughs) even before the 2016 election, I read a biography about every president. So I'm a fan. And to go along with that, I'm a fan of just the election process in general. I know the past few have put a sour taste in our mouth, but looking back, some of the there's been some crazy and you know interesting, entertaining things that have happened during those campaigns. And you've got to love some of the names of these parties. I mean, I know the Whig and Whig Party doesn't mean a Whig, but come on. And the Bull Moose Party, you know, great names we've got going on. So we're going to put the positivity back into presidential elections. So I'm pitching the Platform Party, a party game based around creating ridiculous political platforms with even better political party names. So the game Mm. plays over several rounds, uh, and the game can be played individually or with teams. Each round, two teams or players will go head-to-head, and to start the round, what you'll do is you'll flip over a card that tells you what election year you're dealing with. On this card will be a list of some of the important issues of the time that were hotly debated during that presidential election, each with a number by them. So, for example, if we take the 1872 election between Ulysses Grant and Horace Greeley, we all remember that one. Um, We'll be talking about topics (laughs) like cronyism, currency standards, Jesse James and organized crime, the morals of orchid hunting, the rising trend of mummy unwrapping parties, and the rise of hairpin pilfering among young men. Yes, we're going to mix it up a little bit with like real issues and then some of the more ridiculous things that were happening in that time period. A die is rolled to determine which of those issues you'll be developing policy around. And the year card will also feature several different keywords related to the area, to the era. So as players develop their speech about the issue they'll and deliver it, they'll get bonus points for using those words in a ridiculous but still reasonable manner. You don't get points for saying, like, did somebody say ghost? Like, you don't get points for ghost in that case. Um, but um, finally, each team will receive a defining characteristic card that sets their party apart. Maybe they feel that technology advances are harmful to the economy, or maybe they feel the power of the president should be limited to just deciding what's for dinner, or maybe they think that oats should be the new national currency. Whatever mm. the setup, the teams have three minutes to develop a campaign speech that will they will give to address that issue, and a neutral party will keep track um, of the words that they use once they deliver the speech, which will be a minute long. Each team must also finish their speech by identifying their political party's name, the wackier the better, and end with a campaign slogan. Neutral parties will then score each speech by, of course, voting, and points are awarded for votes received. And each player will go, and team will go three to four times, and the team with the most points wins. Now, of course, I've got an expansion already. The campaign promises card. 
which each team will be also randomly assigned a ridiculous promise that they must make in their speech. So it's perhaps free cotton candy for everyone, or one of my mm. favorite things, outlawing sirens on radio commercials. You know, things that we're all wanting out there in life, they've got to include in their campaign uh, their campaign speeches. So that is my game, The Platform Party. So this is much more a party game. Certainly, Yes. I want to make sure people know so that because I put it in the title. That's what I'm going for. Yeah. So it's a much higher player count. Yes. Yes. We'll be able to bring a few more people around the table. I mean, you could go up to 30, 40 people if you're if you're letting your teams get big enough. I think, you know, have some people be, you know, take on the role of the candidate and some take on the role of the speech writers. I think there's a lot of different ways you could play this. Okay. Okay. So as, a person, as a person who likes the model UN... I, I liked that when I was in high school and middle school. This seems like a very much like Friday night model UN group getting together, hanging out together. Yeah. We'll be sponsored by um, the model UN association of uh, America. That's a thing, okay. right? Sure. Well, I mean, it is yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Wow. This sounds a lot more intense than Ryan's game. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Much more historical facts much more grounded in reality maybe mm-hmm. yeah um, applying applying a lot to the more public that you asked speaking yeah, yeah yeah no <laughs> i mean i think they both have some historical chops i think you both hit the theme very well um i think that the extemporaneous speaking that rick is going to require is going to be kind of a deterrent to a lot of people mm-hmm, i think mm-hmm. you're um your player count also might have some problems as it's going to need a lot more people. And, you know, in COVID days, it's a lot harder to get a big group of people together like that. Well, Um, as we've established in the past, um, you know, party games are intended for you to buy because you're excited about the concept and play once and realize your friends aren't down for that. So that's kind of what I'm going for here. Yes. But with so much replayability, I mean, are you really going to want to purchase a game like that? That's only going to be able to be played once Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you can get a group Lizzie's in there. Good they'll, they'll love it. I mean, yes, but let's let's ignore <laughs> the good points and go back to some ways in which Ryan's game is bad. Well, I think Ryan, the fact that you're basing it on a podcast that you're mm-hmm. not a part of, you have to have the permission from the people whose intellectual property it is. That's correct. We would so, definitely strike I mean, up a deal. Yes. That's going to mean some contracts. That's going to mean some mm-hmm. back and forth. Mm-hmm. I mean, they might have things that they want you to include in the game or might want you to take out. So, I that's mean, true. That's contracts true. are difficult to navigate. So, I mean, that might be a problem with the game as well. Okay. Good point. Good point. Mm-hmm. I mean, I yeah. think it boils down to which one I'm more excited to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rick, I love all the historical facts. I love oh. the um, it's the it's the not issues. me and you part. Here we go. I love the <laughs> issues that you bring up on each card, but I feel that every single election in one base game is a lot, and people are going to be overwhelmed. And then you have the people who might not like to give speeches. I mean, I had to take speech class and debate in college. I did not enjoy either one of them. So being forced or playing a game where you're being forced to extemporaneously create a speech and then get up and perform it in front of what's most likely going to be a bigger group might be something that a lot of people are not going to be up for. 
So maybe this I is also... part of those classes. Like this is a fun way for you to experience those classes you had to take. Instead of just making up this speech, you get to do this game. Because that's wonderful... what everybody wants to do. Yeah, that's what I want to do. Go back to school and you don't night. have to. Hanging yeah. out with no, friends no, and being it'll be forced to relive a class that I did not yeah. enjoy. Yes. Exactly. No, this is taking um, the place of class. That's what we'll do. Oh, well, I think Ryan's history of lore, the the all the crazy kind of like ghost stories, but more true crime stuff is very in right now. There are so many true crime podcasts. I think the expansions for this are endless, but you can get very specific to where people are going to be able to pick and choose what parts or what expansions they're going to want so yeah. it's not going to be overwhelming and i'm sorry but i think i'm going to have to go with history of lore mm, there we go the history I of mean, lore a game that will never show up because i have no way of making it but it sounds pretty cool so yeah 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 all right I'm sorry rick i did like your idea but i that's, just i just think ryan's is a yeah. little better that's just I think the what, game version of, you know, you're nice and sweet, but he's good looking. Like, that's what I <laughs> That's kind of all the whole thing. That's, I well, guess. I think it had to do with he's the fact in that demand you, started, right you started with, at five years old, I was memorizing presidents and I had a deck of cards and I would show all my friends. I think that was part of the problem. So It's a bit intense. It is. It's a little intense. Fine. So, Oh, I man. did like the mummy unwrapping party though, because I weird. It's that weird, but I was very into mummies as a child, so I recognized what? that and I knew exactly what he's talking about. They would bring mummies over and then they would like unwrap them. They would grind them up into medicine. They would have like whole parties where they would like. So this is like discover- a, a an early nineteen hundreds Doctor Pimple party type thing. Kind of like people are like, oh yeah, I'm into that. Um. Maybe. It was yeah. more like in like a, a not arena, but like on a stage. It was like a big oh. deal. It wasn't like a house party. It was like a buy a ticket to come see this phenomenon. That's real weird. That, that weird. To the fact that we have like almost run out of mummies because they did this so often. Oh, geez. What's wrong with us? I say yeah. we start making fake mummies and we sell them and we'll, you know. Yeah, sure. This mummy has been. Hey, maybe that's the next game pitch. Yeah. 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 I mean, that mummy. could be a good oh. one. Yeah, probably. I'll stop working on it right now. Oh, my goodness. Okay, everybody. uh, Everybody has to go out and listen to some Yacht Rock today. Enjoy your day. Um, Lizzie, thank you so much for coming on as our guest judge. We greatly appreciate it. And tell people where they can find the Board Game Spotlight. So you can find us at the Board Game Spotlight on Facebook. Also, BG Spotlight on Twitch, YouTube, Instagram, um, uh, Twitter, yeah, especially check out our YouTube channel. We've been doing the Table for Two, like Ryan said earlier, where we're playing um, all the new games that we're getting in as reviews. We're playing games that we missed over the last year while we were separated, my husband and I, and any old games that we really love and we think people should remember. So check it yeah, out. Absolutely. So thanks for joining us. And you can find One Board Family at OneBoardFamily.com and all over the social media platforms at One Board Family. Thanks for joining us. Check out Spotify and look up Michael McDonald and you'll find us right there. That's true. Yeah. We're we're on the Michael McDonald Spotify playlist. No, we're not. We're not. But you can listen to this podcast on Spotify, which is pretty cool. So anyway, subscribe today. Until next time, we'll see you at the table. Bye-bye.
where we all bring something to the table. Pull up a chair at punchboardmedia.com.